Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Star Wars Rank. Mean a guest. Ranking things in Star Wars, we look at our favorite little moments, characters, posters, lines, 
porgs. We do it all here on Star Wars Ranked. And with me today is Joseph Scrimshaw. Welcome, sir. I am happy to be here, but I was trying to come up with like a fake name or maybe grab a trooper helmet to wear and muffle myself because I feel like I should I should try to disguise myself since that's our, our big topic today. Oh, it is. We are going into our favorite undercover moments in Star Wars. I would say this is a pretty important little tradition in Star Wars, Joseph. Uh, Dawn in a costume, going in disguise, going underground, uh, whether for your safety to get information, part of a mission. There's a lot of ways to look at it and absolutely is a tradition, right, sir? Absolutely. And I think what I really love when when we were uh, talking about what to do for this episode of Ranked and you sent across some ideas, this one just jumped out at me because I think it's got that really straightforward, fun adventure serial. Uh, let's wear the bad guy's costume <laughs> mm-hmm. and pretend to be somebody else to sneak in and the, like the adventure and the fun of that. But then as soon as my mind started spinning on on undercover ideas, there's also just this huge thread in Star Wars about identity and duality and it kind of matches you know a lot of the duality in star wars of light and dark but there's a lot of like empire strikes back is like one of the main themes is just who is the person i'm talking to and it's not about disguise because they're wearing a helmet it's like who is lando in his soul who is yoda really you know in building up to like you know a great undercover moment of you know from vader uh hiding from the movie going audience that he's luke's father yeah, that could be that could be a moment too. Yeah, we're gonna go, just uh, we're gonna we're gonna go all over the galaxy, so to speak, uh, and, and what this means to us, which is one of the things we love doing here. And and we'll work with each other's lists, and so maybe we don't repeat, but there's still a bit of a surprise when we submit each other our, our, our lists. And and I love seeing our different interpretations, and we generally um, keep in line with the topic. But there's some fun ones here. But one of the things we agreed upon, Joseph, is it's time for another Star Wars ranked. Hall of Fame induction. Speaking of that tradition, speaking of heroes going under under undercover and in disguise, we have to induct Luke Skywalker and Han Solo in stormtrooper costumes. This one is the one that made it uh, tradition, set the template, set the standard for going undercover in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This one started it all, and there's so many great moments to it. There's just, like, the the uh, aesthetic of it, of seeing Luke and Han in that armor with the helmets off. It's so great and beautiful. It's the, uh, you know, amazing, I'm Luke Skywalker, I'm here to rescue you moment. Uh, it, it is the, the first uh, Chewie has to pretend to be a captive, mm-hmm. <laughs> or somebody in general has to pretend to be a captive. There's so much to it that is, like, yeah, it starts the trend in Star Wars. Yeah. It's not like this is entirely unique to Star Wars, but it is so it's like when we're talking about favorite ship of like, well, yeah, Millennium Falcon. Like this is like the Millennium Falcon of going undercover. It is. And what I first of all, I love that you definitely included Chewie. Let's make sure Chewie's in this list as well. All right. (laughs) On and Luke and Stormtrooper costume and Chewie uh, in in shackles, because that is also oddly enough a tradition. I hadn't really stopped that. Even in solo, they go through that. Um, So, yeah. uh, And and, and one of the things for me that I love about it, you you mentioned the look and yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's uh, if Luke had been a Stormtrooper or whatever. It creates the need for those figures. And even now in new lines, you kind of want to see, are they going to do a Han and Luke in Stormtrooper costume? Absolutely. I mean, I think that's a big part of its power to me is, you know, growing up in that original trilogy era, kind of just knowing like the science can't manage it. There's no way they can make those action figures, <laughs> you know, and, 
And then just at the they they do for Return of the Jedi for some other characters with the helmets, uh, then uh, in masks that you can take off. Surprise, surprise! Lando Calrissian in disguise, the famous commercial. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then end of the you know end of the run that first Power of the Force line in the mid '80s, they make that Luke, and I I, I could yeah. not find him. I tried and I tried mm-hmm. and I could not find him. And then I was left waiting for years, and that was like a part of the joy of the Power of the Force line going. They've have the technology. It can be done. They're making those figures. And I still love them to this day. Luke and Han and Stormtrooper disguise is still like something that seemed like it can't be. That's like living on the moon. But now it's possible. You're so right. Because even when uh, uh, the Black Series figures started popping up uh, and I've told told the story before, but you know, I, I was working as a security director at the Northridge Mall and I pop into this uh, store, Halo 2, and they had them. And I just had this like, eh, you know. Great. I love Star Wars. I just don't know if I need those figures. It, it wasn't until they did the Luke and then I think the Han. I don't remember if they came at the same time, but uh, both of them are out. And I have both of them. And those were the figures, Joseph, that made me go, you know what? I'm in on this series. Yeah, you got to You got to be. Yeah. Uh, even my wife, I think, feels the same way without having gone through the same experience, because, you know, every once in a while, well, anytime that she's at Target without me, she'll check the uh the the toy aisle mm-hmm. and one day she was like i didn't check with you if you needed this i just felt you needed it and she brought home the uh, vintage collection han in stormtrooper disguise she's like it's just so cool you needed it <laughs> <laughs> once again proving sarah's one of the best of us uh, <laughs> i love that um and, and, and we're talking about the toys which is a great um you know part of the star wars tradition as well but going back to the actual scene in the movie and and the big rescue and this is something that as we're going to see in this list it does pop up. It, it, it does. It, 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 and it, uh, I, for me, it's, it's going to say last Jedi when we, we, we kind of knew going in, there was going to be some undercover because either leaks or official photos. I can't even remember now of Finn and Rose. It just was something we kind of knew was going to happen. And I, I, that got me excited because of what we enjoyed in new hope. And why do you think that works? Joseph? Why do you think we're okay with that? Is it just simply the serial adventure part of it? I think so. I think maybe it is a part of that um, tradition of, uh, of this is how heroes get things done. This is a sort of a a way to um, exploit the rigidity of the empire. Yeah, yeah. And the first order uh, that that people obviously there's other sneaks where uh, people look like other things, but it it happens so often with the empire, and it almost feels like a sort of critique of like if you are going to make everyone faceless, that is a vulnerability. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 in the belly of the beast there. Um, it's so funny because I've been watching I've been watching some Indiana Jones stuff lately, and uh, Indy does that a lot, right? Uh, especially donning the, the Nazi uniforms and trying to get around, and they play around with that just well. But even come, coming back in Last Crusade, they just it's a, it's a moment, and uh, this is the moment where he actually bumps into Hitler with the with the book, and it's a funny comedy moment. But it's you're right that vulnerability that being in the middle of it, and but something you kind of have to do. I don't know. Yeah, it works for me. It works for me. Well said, sir. Uh, I'm glad we covered it. Uh, and and my favorite part of, of Luke and Han, it, it's the wet, slicked hair. <laughs> that dries instantly, right? <laughs> yeah, perhaps one of the best uh, Luke Skywalkers is uh, Luke Skywalker with wet hair and Dianoga marks. One of the best uh, Luke is in Stormtrooper disguise action figures. There it is. Uh, Chewy, yeah, just no, the water didn't even affect his fur. It just shakes it off like a, like a good dog. <laughs> Name the dog, Indiana. So that is why Luke and Han and Chewbacca are going to be inducted to the Star Wars ranked Hall of Fame for our favorite 
undercover moments in Star Wars. But now let's get to our list here. Working five to one, beginning with your number five, Justin. Uh, my number five is right away going way out there into the big concept of being undercover. It is not just putting on a helmet or a suit to sneak through the enemy's base. This is a long game. I had to start it with this as my number five because I, I, I can't say it's my favorite because it's kind of a sad one. Mm. Uh, but I do think it is kind of uh, the best undercover moment in terms of the, the most well done by the character. <laughs> and that is Darth Sidious uh, disguising himself as uh, Senator, Chancellor, Supreme Chancellor Palpatine, Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> but more in, in particular, Darth Sidious disguising himself, hiding the entire identity of being a Sith Lord uh, for all those years behind the friendly, if weird, if a little unnerving, the friendly face of Sheev Palpatine. Uh <laughs> I think for me, the reason that this jumps out is, you know, physically, it's not an amazing disguise. <laughs> uh, you know, particularly Phantom Menace kind of almost points that out of like, you mm -hmm. know, cutting from one profile, you know, to the X kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like his big disguise is a is a hood and uh, more anger, <laughs> a deeper voice, a more honest voice, yeah. you know. Uh, in the disguise of Palpatine is, uh, oh, I'm so innocent and so well-meaning and I, I feel sad when democracy isn't going well. Um, but, you, you know, you have that dual identity in The Phantom Menace. But then the, the plot of the prequels becomes what the Jedi truly need to do to solve the situation is discover the identity of the Sith Lord. Mm -hmm. And they work so closely with him and they can't. It is an expert, expert masquerade, right? Mm -hmm. Because not only does Palpatine clearly manage to hide the seething, roiling dark side that lives in his soul, he manages to, you know, not be detected on that level uh, by the Jedi. But he also kind of maneuvers it. So like, well, look, if they feel a little bit of waves of, uh, you know, not great coming off me, mm -hmm. it's probably because I'm a politician. Yeah. <laughs> It's probably because all politicians, uh, you know, kind of do a power grab. Yeah, uh, that's kind of what many politicians uh, do, at least, you know, we is that we see in the Star Wars uh, galaxy. Maybe not Bale. Um, yeah. So he hides himself really well. And then and then for me, last thing on this is uh, I know this is totally up for debate and people have different opinions and I respect that. But I feel like his appearance uh, when he changes in Revenge of the Sith is partially the lightning but it's partially that the the power of the dark side literally rots his body and he has been holding that back. And it is right there in the dialogue when at the end of that whole uh, just ordeal that he's going through when he says, I can't, I can't, I can't hold it. <laughs> and there in that, ah, that sigh of satisfaction isn't to me just, uh, I, I have defeated Mace Windu. I have really made Anakin make the definitive choice. It's the like, aha, I can just be myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, man. No, you know, sometimes um, via email or something, you and I will just check with each other like, hey, do you do you accept this as an answer or will this work? <laughs> and, and and this might be one of the ones that we, we could look at. And, and it, it, the answer to me is, is yes. And, and, and there's a there's an older uh, StarWars.com article, I believe, that kind of covers this. And they even asked that question in it. And I, I, I everything you're talking about, I went through I went to 
two moments leading up to the one you're you're discussing right now with the, the I can't I can't I can't hold it uh the 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 really kind of fun over the top Phantom Menace one of uh, you know Yoda and, and Mace like hmm is there a Sith Lord out there I wonder wonder who it could be Master or Apprentice and we do just the slow pan over to Palpatine just kind of mm, mm, mm. I love that one because it, it it's he's hiding in plain sight but then there's some just actual Along the way, like at any point, he could maybe be uncovered, right? Like they're searching and he's flipping off the Death Star plants. The moment someone walks in the room, he's he's probably got to actually physically travel to the works to talk to Duke. Like there's little things along the way that I love that I'm like, yeah, he's undercover, man. It, it, he, they could they could pull back the curtain and find them at any time if they're just looking. He just he's just playing on the fact that they just can't see it. They can't, they can't think of it in those terms. So I think along the way that just the mechanics of he is undercover. He is on a secret mission, and uh, the, the outfit is is Palpatine, is Sheev, and uh, uh, Sidious is the is the is the man in disguise. So it definitely works for me. Yeah, and it is really funny to imagine that there is a moment where, like, you know, he, when he leaves, you know, Coruscant proper to go to the works or, you know, some other divey part of Coruscant to do some business as Sidious, which he seems like he's real careful about and doesn't do that often. But, like, yeah. when does he take the cloak out of the duffel bag? <laughs> you know, where does he keep it? And could he be caught on, like, a holocam yeah. and, like, <laughs> Plo Koon finds, like, I found some video of... <laughs> the chancellor in a seedy part of town pulling a cloak out of a bag. Should we look into this? Yeah. I love, I love, yeah. Those are playground questions. I'd love to dive into and just, uh, it's hilarious. It's funny. And it just also speaks to maybe how easy it was for a Sith master, a Sith Lord to hide in plain sight and what that meant for the Jedi. And, uh, and, and also to your point too, like that means for me, for me, when he, when he picks up and goes to deal with Savage Opress and Maul, that's, you know, he's just like, damn it all right fine i gotta go do this <laughs> yeah that, i mean he, he that's taking a risk he's like no this this needs to be done uh and i'm yeah. doing it myself <laughs> that's a great start to our list it's uh while we're looking uh closely at the great undercover moments and now from there we're gonna go to my number five it's a little lighter but maybe just as important it is chopper goes imperial this is rebel star wars rebel season three double agent droid and in truth, yeah, Chopper, he, he goes Imperial, but then he, you know, he kind of actually stays Imperial. There's a there's a flip there that he unfortunately goes through. This is an episode that I have a weird relationship with. This is the AP5 singing one, and I, uh, I had uh, pounded my desk and railed on this episode at one point in time on another show I was involved in until I've, I had that kind of just corrected. And even from Stephen Stanton himself reminded me on air, you know, there's this thing called budgets. And sometimes smaller, more intimate episodes uh, get the bigger episodes that you love. So that's why uh, I have a weird relationship with this episode. But I, I went back this morning and watched it, Joseph, and I love this episode now. It's so wonderfully bizarre. And it the, the whole thing is Chopper with a paint job going undercover, <laughs> AP5 going undercover. It, it, it's a heist picture because they're they're trying to get the uh, the plans back, uh, you know, the, 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 or the codes uh, for Lothal. And then the the Imperial agent, played by Josh Gad, they're, they're trying to reverse this. They kind of uncover the plan, and then they're trying to get the location of of, of a Phoenix Squadron's uh, base and, and where they are. So everyone's stealing from everybody here, and it's a it's like I said, it's a heist picture, it's a spy picture, it's all these wonderful Star Wars uh, genre bends, and therefore it becomes really fun. And it all the focal point is a Chopper with a, a a black and red and white paint job. Yeah, and, and as I recall the episode, you've watched it this morning. There's a lot of it does just kind of uh, it, it is about like 
the droid's identity, right? Like yep. uh, it, how AP5 feels about his past and how Chopper uh, feels about like, th- this is really not who Chopper is, right? Like, yeah, this is not a natural thing for Chopper to go undercover, but he, like he's doing it for the good of the gang, right? Yeah, and, and he gets overtaken. He gets controlled. He's actually, you know, they, uh, um, I forget his name, but Josh Gad's character, you know, can see through him and he goes back to the ghost and, and Chopper is even acting acting his his self, so to speak, and and everyone starts wondering that until Hera Hera snuffs it all out. And yeah, so it, it actually and because AP five runs into you know some droids uh, that are his model because he was an Imperial until reprogrammed. The RA seven, right? Yes, exactly. And and it's just so it is it is droid identity. <laughs> it's a lot of deep questions about what it means to be a droid during this time. Yeah. Oh, I found Josh Gad's character because this this episode is fascinating. LT319 because he's the guy who has the Lobot headwear and then glasses that looks like they're just from like lens crafters. Yes. <laughs> fascinating. There's so many things to be fascinated about in this episode, but to the point of uh, of our ranked undercover. Yeah, this is what I love about this episode is it, it isn't just action, adventure, uh, serial, can the good guys sneak in? Will they get caught or not? It definitely has that tension mm-hmm. in just the plot. But in terms of the ideas of what it's about, it really is about who the droids are, but specifically Chopper of like, no, no, no. Chopper uh, honks and yells and zaps. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he goes in, uh, uh, pinchers pinching, you know. But for this, he's willing to become something he's not and something that you get the sense that he despises, right? Yeah. And the worst thing possible happens is that his personality almost gets taken away. And then there are those jokes towards the end, right? About, mm-hmm. um, about how everybody's like, well, I never thought we'd miss actual chopper, but we yeah. really do. It yeah. really highlights like this risk of, of sacrificing uh, all of this like wonderful uh, humanity and diversity that is always represented by the, the rebels. Yeah. And instead being stuck with this just sort of uniform and joyless version of identity that is the empire. Yeah, yeah. There's a great, yeah. There's a great line of Zeb. I can't remember exactly now, but yeah, Zeb's got it. He's the one leading the uh, man. You know, Chopper. Who would have thought <laughs> the relationship? Yeah, no. It gets deep. It gets fun. And I don't know if there's a Chopper uh, undercover figure out there, but uh, that'd be kind of fun. Uh, there might be a Funko Pop or something that I'm not aware of, but uh, it's just it's a fun paint job too. Just to, that, and then it leads to, like head cannon questions of did the paint rub off? Like, what do you? How do you? How do you? Do? Um, <laughs> It's great, and it's and it's a giant undercover episode. Yeah, I remember the first time seeing it, going like, "I really hope that paint comes off." Because yeah. I, I had come to really like Chopper, now. I was like, "Don't take his identity away." <laughs> I love it, love it. So that's the start of my list. Uh, Double Agent Droid Chopper goes undercover. So now we're up to your number four. Uh, my number four is uh, not putting on a costume, but really pretending to be someone that you are not. Well, or maybe only amplifying a part of who you are for the point of deception. That's a fun debate. Anyway, my number four is Yoda pretending to be a lamp thief. (laughs) (laughs) The best way to describe it. But I I just absolutely love that idea in Empire Strikes Back. You know, we have this again and again, this investigation of like, who who are the main characters really going to choose to be between Han and Leia and Luke and Mm -hmm. the Vader reveal and Lando kind of playing Han. Uh, and then we got Yoda playing Luke here. It so fits in with all these big uh, themes and ideas. But I love that Yoda just knows that this is the way for me to really see if Luke is as immature and <laughs> on the wrong path as I think he is. <laughs> is He is going to assume that 
you know, I could not be the person he's looking for. So I'm just going to go all in on that. And the reason I was kind of uh, equivocating there as I was setting this up is I, I don't think Yoda isn't entirely pretending to be someone he's not because right. I think this is a part of his personality to be right. uh, fun and whimsical and poke and, and also to really test people with their patience to say like, yeah, no, absolutely. That needs to get done. But first let's just eat some soup. Like we see him do things like that to, to Obi-Wan and Anakin, even uh, not pretending to be someone else yeah. or even Ahsoka, but just to be like, remember patience is a big part of this or slow down, have a sense of humor, have a sense of uh, levity. Don't just be so serious. So that is a part of Yoda, but I, I just love that. He just goes all in on, I'm going to pretend to be the farthest thing you could imagine Mm. from a Jedi master, a Jedi warrior and see how you react. And the, the answer is big fail, Luke. (laughs) (laughs) I think it all, all that leads. It's it's wonderful stuff and it's wonderful comedy. And and I, I, I'm with you. I think that this is a, I think Yoda was giddy that he got this opportunity. I think he was like, Oh, this is going to be fun. Uh, But also that the, way to the galaxies on this this moment i think it all leads up to that wonderful reveal uh, and 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 the when it dawns on luke i think it's one of hamill's finer moments and and that even that look on yoda just like a quiet nod like mm-hmm yep gotcha yep gotcha. yep you thought i wasn't important mm-hmm. not even that luke is like cruel but just like really like that like yeah no no you're a local you've got some opinions about whether or not war makes one great i'm focused on yoda i need yoda take me to yoda you know it's yeah. so so great and yeah and seeing how far yoda is willing to take it by fighting with r2 over the lamp of like <laughs> yeah. and it's it's great oh can i get your ship out is <laughs> maybe one of my favorite lines uh made and I, I gotta ask you you know made even more funny for me at least knowing that maybe r2d2 is a little bit going dude it's what are you doing it's me <laughs> like I, what what are we what's going on yoda yeah i wonder if he has truly tricked r2 and r2 is like he has gone around the bend mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this uh, isolation has not worked out for yoda it is yeah. it's so funny it's so charming it's so effective and it is a great like undercover of like i'm gonna amp up these parts of my personality because they're the ones that this person doesn't think match with the whole of who i am yeah and i and you know and i love um I love how it tested the audiences too, especially the first time you see it uh, in theaters or, you know, young youngster now seeing it. I think you probably fall for it too. If you don't know, I, you know, nowadays it's hard to not know Yoda any, any level going into these films, but you know, I think, I think, I think uh, uh, George and the team and, and Kirshner were like, cool. Every audience is going to expect, uh, you know, Obi-Wan too. We're going to go the other way. I think it worked out. Yeah, yeah. So that has got to be my one of my absolute favorites. Uh, straight uh, forward acting performance from Yoda. I love it. That's a great number four. We're up to my number four. Ah, this one doesn't have his uh, the emotional gravitas as uh, Yoda testing Luke to see if he can save the galaxy. But uh, my number four is Beckett and crew as Imperials, but specifically as Beckett as the Imperial captain in Solo, a Star Wars story on Mimban. Uh, this is, uh, you know, the, the, the real Durant, uh, Val, the team uh, uh, undercover and uh, running into, into Han. Uh, I love a lot about it. But one of the things for me that I love about this, Joseph, just love the look. Uh, I do love that it's kind of the reverse. It, they're not heroes <laughs> doing this. 
so it's a different kind of approach. And that it, they're just, especially, especially Beckett, it's just a long play. They're just walking around camp undercover in disguise. No one's questioning it. They're saluting him. He's barking orders uh, and uh, use it against Han when Han tries to, you know, out them. Uh, I just love the long play on it. It's just, it's just, uh, you know, it, it's not even undercover at one point. It's just like, this is who um, you're allowing me to be. It's a disguise to get my mission done as, as a smuggler and a smuggler squad. But uh, you're not going to question it. I'm going to play around with it and have a snack while I do it. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a great evolution of what was started with Luke and Han in A New Hope because you get the sense that they are so experienced at it. It's not a like brand new idea, you know, that they're trying out. They've done this a bunch and they know by and large Imperials just don't question things and fall in line. And so they're really easy to fool. Yeah, 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 and the fact that uh, the little tell of of Han being, you know, <laughs> noticing the blaster shots and uh, and all those kind of things, and, and Beckett not really picking up on his rank, it's uh, yeah, you're right. It would be simple, but uh, Imperials are just so stepping stepping in line, and someone with those bars, they're going to salute and uh, do what they're told, and uh, what that means. And it's just a, yeah, a fun a fun image. Talk about inspiring toys. Uh, I don't think there's a ton, but I I, I would buy the whole crew undercover. Uh, there's the comedy with the the Rio stuff there, and there's uh, the big gunner Kelso. We don't right Kelso's the name, I believe, that we don't really see and was kind of cut out of the film. You just see there in that one shot. Uh, it's interesting, and and your point of them, this is how they do. Yeah, smugglers, bounty hunters, and all it's got to. You get the idea that this is what they know how to do, and they're they're good at. And and again, with the tradition kind of being established with 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 Han and Luke, and our heroes having to do this, and and everything you're talking about up top about the vulnerability, just the fact that. I don't even know if they feel vulnerable. It's just part of the job and part of, you know, they probably get a, 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 a an extra set of, you know, get, get food, get snacks and get the rest. So they're probably like a vacation for Beckett and the crew. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I love the sense that that joke about Beckett not realizing that he's in charge Yeah, <laughs> is really funny. And it also just gets that vibe of a crew, right. And a crew mm-hmm. is like, this isn't the hard part of the job. You know, yeah. the, the empire is full of idiots and we just, you know, we, we we need to not get killed by the actual Mimbanese. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're the ones to worry about. Yeah, the fight is on. And uh, I love it. It's just some fun when I think about Undercover, thinking about uh, characters. Because it does all go back to figures about a, a character in a new outfit. This is one that stands out for me. So that's why it's my number four, Beckett and the crew as Imperials on Mimban. And Beckett is the Imperial captain. But now we're up to your number three, sir. My number three is back to a classic. Let's put on the armor of a trooper because we need to, but with perhaps some of the greatest uh, emotional depth of uh, undercover dressing up, I think. Mm-hmm. And that is from The Mandalorian. It is Din Djarin disguising himself as a juggernaut tank trooper. Uh, this is so great. It, it, it takes so many elements of what we've been talking about of the, you know, like the adventure serial, but the meaning of identity. And it's got all that extra great layers to it, right? Because mm-hmm. it is the whole discussion of like, okay, well, they're going to scan for anybody who is known to uh, the ISB. And like, well, it's that's just about everybody. Yeah. Uh, and the, the Ken, Ken didn't go because technically, even as he gets a, he gets poked by Mayfeld is Technically, is it that you can't take the Mandalorian helmet off or is it that you can't see your face or we can't see your face? Like, which is it? Are you bending the rules? So there's already that level. One of my favorite, like, action scenes with meaning. I love when Din goes to fight in the tank trooper armor 
and he's used to his uh, his Beskar where he can deflect things and he just starts throwing up his arms yeah. <laughs> and the armor gets shattered and he's like, ah, he's in pain. Right. And it really is like you're, you're wearing armor, but it's not your armor. It's not you. You know, like you are getting hurt because you are not wearing your proper identity. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're there's already like great depth of that. <sighs> I'm yeah. sorry. I feel like I cut you off. No, 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 no. You're good. No, I was just laughing. Uh, no, no. I think I think you're right, and, and it leads to you know the, the scene that everyone loves and the tension, and everything. But I think I think it's just going to go into the belly of the beast conversation of 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 the uh, the deeper you go, the deeper Din just doesn't feel like himself, even to the point of that that great no that people were talking about of Pedro Pascal playing playing the scene as if he's in a mask and turning his head because it, it Din just doesn't know how to do it without a mask. It's it's truly him undercover in many ways. Yeah, yeah, and 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 ultimately, I think yeah, the, this big moment of like this is it's the penultimate episode of season two, but in some ways, it is like the ultimate moment for Din of just that absolute choice of will you not bend, but will you break mm. your personal version of the Mandalorian creed for yeah. Grogu? Like, is it worth it? And just in seeing that pretty fast practical decision, and, and even that bit of stubbornness of like. I'm going to try it with the helmet on. Even he's been told it's not going to work. Right. Yeah. And he tries it anyway to just cling one more time, but then it, it comes off yeah. and then yeah, really, really great stuff of like, that would have been wonderful. If that was the, the, the height of the moment in that episode. But then as you're saying, then stuck feeling so exposed with it off, you mm-hmm. know, is really, really gets to that level of a, emotional vulnerability of not only am I disguised as something I'm not, now I'm just utterly, utterly revealed as super powerful. Yeah, and I think all that works, and that's that's be you know the themes behind it, the choices behind these moments. I, I think you're right to say it's a, a action with meaning, and, and and there's a lot of that in Star Wars, without a doubt. But this one, this one resonated for for a lot of reasons. This is why it was a such a celebrated and discussed episode, and it works, and it all it, it all hinges on an undercover plot. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And in the idea that he's still undercover when he's at his most naked <laughs> is a fun twist. Absolutely. Great choice. That is one, and, and one when uh, putting the list together, I actually forgot in a way. It's just there's so many. You, you could, I don't know how you formula lists. Sometimes I'll go to articles or just do a Google search just to refresh my mind. But other times I'll just sit there maybe with my eyes closed and just run through the plot of every movie, like every beat that I can remember. And I skipped over this one. And I'm so glad you, you covered it because it's a, it's a great one. There's getting to be a lot. No, I, I usually try first the uh, the close your eyes and listen to the uh, the will of your Star Wars memory. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's some it's mostly effective. Mostly effective. Mostly effective. So that's my number three. Great number three. We're up to uh, my number three, and this is uh, going back to Rebels, which I love that series. So I'm not surprised I'm going to Rebels. Uh, uh, but you know, you try to move the ball around the galaxy a little bit, and he's like, I couldn't I couldn't escape this one. I think there's. Uh, there's a lot of importance behind it, and it is Sabine Wren as Riatala in the Antilles extraction. This is uh, where they get uh, Wedge and Hobby, get them out of uh, the Sky Strike Academy and into the Rebellion. So that's got some ramifications uh, alone, just in terms of uh, characters that we love and, and Star Wars canon. Uh, but it also starts to, uh, you know, go into a little bit of Sabine's past. She uh, has to con- is confronted with a little bit of that with Governor Price. So there's a lot of weight to the action, a lot of weight to her doing it, other than just like, yeah, it isn't just, uh, yeah, give me a TIE fighter outfit, let me go do this. Uh, she, uh, 
lot of a uh, lot of waters running deep with Sabine and and what she did in her past and her, her part uh, in giving the Imperials a weapon of mass destruction. All that stuff's at play, but also this this big positive thing of 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 Wedge and and, and Hobby and others who who want to who aren't aren't happy with the Imperials who aren't happy with the Empire who are seeing what's wrong and they they can't think of a way out. They can't find a way out, and they send the message. I love. There's a great moment with Wedge is like. When, when yeah, the the re- rebellion did get my message and, and some renewed hope and it all hinges on Sab- Sab- Sabine really uh, like donning uh, donning that mask uh, to to uh, save them but also start to uh, face herself. So these questions of identity, great use of the costume, and again talk about alternate figures. Sab- Sab- Sabine is this uh, bright, uh, you know. Uh, colors and the hair color, everything. That's what she's known for. And here she is all dressed in, in black, the TIE fighter, only a little bit of uh, purple hair showing. It was a great change of pace in a lot of ways. Yeah, no, I really, really, really liked that, uh, that episode. And I think what's really uh, cool about it, you, you were really diving into this, but this idea of it's not just a rebel going undercover as an Imperial. It really is like uh, uh, Sabine going undercover as who she used to be. Yeah. Right. There, I mean, there even is a like argument of like, well, I need to go in because I'm the one who knows the system. I know how to, you know, be this person because I used to be this person. And it makes me think of like, it's like a fun adventure serial thing to imagine like, oh, I have to dress up as like this uh, armored trooper and sneak around. But then when I think about it, like, what if I had to dress up uh, like I still worked at Kinko's? <laughs> like I had to dress up to like this person I used to be, you know, and it, it was a part of my identity wearing that to express yourself a uh, ridiculous apron. Uh, but it, you know, it's not now. So it'd be this, you know, she, she's going through a lot to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, the story Sabine Ren, I mean, it, it's one of my favorite things in rebels and how it kind of grows and, and, uh, and this is one of those key moments for me when you were, when you kind of putting it down on, on a map of, of uh, the, the emotional arcs and, and the challenges and all the things Sabine faces. This is one that's uh it's no little effort. And it also is a, is a really good episode, a lot of fun and takes on a big swing wedge wedge and, and hobby, but wedge joining the, the rebellion. That's, that's a big Canon episode. And, and to uh, this didn't overshadow it. It just made the, the story more more robust for me to know that this is uh, Wedge's uh, path to the rebellion uh, it had to do with Sabine just kind of really uh, facing a lot about herself. Absolutely. I think that's a great choice. That is uh, my number three, which means we're up to your number two. Uh, my number two is one that when I close my eyes and listen to the will of my Star Wars memory uh, popped in there pretty quickly because yeah. uh, it, it uh, floats through my mind relatively uh, often because it's one of those weird moments where Star Wars kind of introduces a thing that it doesn't uh, go back to play with as much. Uh, it is from the Clone Wars. It is from season uh, four. And it is when Obi-Wan physically transforms his head into a bounty hunter. Yes doesn't just put on some bounty hunter clothes he does that uh he uh uses a facial transformation program to become reiko hardeen and then swallows a device called a vocal emulator to sound like reiko hardeen this is definitely one of those like clone wars uh you know what one of the things that is fascinating to me about clone wars is that it is so star wars right it's really delving into Mm. All the themes and ideas of Star Wars, uh, but also particularly really fleshing out the the story of this era of Star Wars. But it's also really continues to have that that George Lucas just take a big swing. Yeah, this technology yeah. exists. Sure. 
it's, it, you yeah. know, it's, it's hopeful for the story. It's, you know, it's helpful for the story. So that technology exists. Sure. Don't worry about it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it, it always sticks in, in my mind, uh, that way. Uh, when I was uh, working on that, um, Kenobi, uh, play, which I've mentioned in the past, uh, that in, in, I was, so the, the thing was structured to be like Kenobi's memories of his life, mm. his, his life. And like, I wanted to mention a couple adventures from the Clone Wars. <laughs> and for me, it was a fun aside. Like, did I ever tell you I actually transformed my body into a bounty hunter? I don't recommend it. Like, <laughs> just think about Obi-Wan thinking back on this, right? Because yeah. he is he is the the Jedi who is in, who thinks that the Order is, is going in the right direction for the most part. He has some problems later uh, toward the end of the Clone Wars and, and questions the, the wisdom of the Council, asking Anakin to do things. Uh, but you know, during this era, he's like, what, what is needed of me? I am, yeah. I am a servant of the Jedi and of the Republic and I do what it needs to be done. And we need somebody to go undercover and great, I'll do this. And then that whole arc has some like really great stuff with, um, not letting Anakin in on the plan. And that gets into, you know, uh, connection and identity uh, issues and attachment issues. So there's a lot of great stuff in this, uh, story, a lot of great deep star Wars themes, but all of it is predicated on, you know, no, they, they just straight up, you know, like uh, like they do in Star Trek, where they just, uh, oh, you want to be a Klingon now? Here you go, surgery. <laughs> they just straight up did that to Obi Wan's face. The swallowing the voice changer thing is awesome. I, I just was watching Hitchhikers this morning as well, and a busy morning around the house watching things. Uh, and uh, the the babblefish scene was was going on, and and and, and Morgan Freeman, uh, Morgan uh, Morgan Freeman, Martin Freeman plays it so well. And and and, and I. I, I Thinking, of, knowing we were recording this today, thinking of, of Obi Wan completely going through it. it. It's very sci-fi. It's over the top, wild sci-fi. And it kind of fits for uh, for that time. Yeah, absolutely. So, in terms of just big undercover moments, I think out of sheer respect, you have to include changing your actual face. Yeah, yeah, and big. You were the, the Anakin stuff is big. This is this is big. Uh, uh, big giant, uh, you know, Anakin and the problems of the Jedi Order questions start to emerge out of this. So, you know, if, if you lay it down on that kind of emotional canon map, so. absolutely. And and I think maybe a legitimate misstep with Obi Wan not letting him in on the plan. Oh, Obi Wan, you mean so well? <laughs> exactly. So that's my number two. Great number two. I hope there's an entire episode of the upcoming Kenobi series in which uh, Kenobi just sits by a campfire, reminiscing about this. Uh, <laughs> Rayco Hardine. <laughs> uh, my number two is uh, it's pretty direct. It's a pretty memorable one from this modern era. It definitely uh, draws on the tradition of Star Wars and creates its own, and it has giant ramifications for the galaxy. It is Jin, Cassian Andor, and K2SO. No, don't forget, heading down to the surface of Scarif dressed as the Imperial Flight crew. Uh, this is, uh, it was needed. They needed to get the plans. This was uh, while uh, the rest of the rebels were creating havoc on uh, Scarif, which was as in, just as important as this, uh, in a way. This one was it. This was the plan. This is the one we've been waiting on for 40 years of uh, how the rebels got these plans. And it all comes down to this uh, kind of crazy, risky, as a lot of undercover missions are, right? Uh uh, idea uh, and and just K two again drawn in his past and his knowledge his numbers of percentage of uh, survival chances all those things <laughs> I just love the look and it it, it looks yeah, it just looks good even Cassie I love I love it we've been talking a lot about the the undercover 
aspect uh, when it comes to the Imperials not really checking, right? That they're just they're in lockstep with what they got to do, oppressing uh, the galaxy every day. Cassian's got like a beard. That can't be Imperial standard. Uh, and every time I watch it, I'm like, who's going to question? Who's going to question him? No one, because they're everyone's just looking down. And so they use it all to their advantage and save the day. This is my headcanon when I think of that, is that somebody's like, that's not protocol. I'm going to say something like, wait, what if he is like a powerful person's son? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, th- there's such an atmosphere of fear, you know? Right. Uh, fear and facelessness uh, makes it uh, easy <laughs> to sneak in, apparently. That will do it. And, and I, uh, 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 Jen... Uh, just looks good as an Imperial Flyker. Just it looks it looks cool. It looks Star Wars cool. And I think I think I think that because of that trailer shot that wasn't actually in the movie of her in the flight crew with with the Saw Gerrera, you know, what will you become uh VO over it? It just I, I was ready for it. I was ready for this moment. So when Jin shows up and you can see her eyes through the mask and everything, uh I just love it. I just love, I just love the way it looks, and then you can get in the details of of uh, what goes on. And then when they take it off and you know they're out, all right, the the, the, the skies is over, we gotta climb. Um I love that as well too, but it's it's big and it's important and it's uh it's playing around with the Star Wars traditions, a tradition that I quite frankly hope doesn't end. I hope we have more undercover things in Star Wars, and this one uh, just pops for me. Uh, if there's, uh, I think there's got to be some figures of this one. I don't know because it's so spotty with the amount of figures they release, but this is definitely in the, in the Kenner days. You'd mail away for Jin and his guys. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I had. I'm so glad you included everybody and and really embraced the uh, the whole scene. Uh, but I had Jin in the Imperial Flight Crew outfit on my runner ups because it, it's great classic dress up as the Imperials, right? But I'm endlessly fascinated by the Imperial uh, Flight Crew outfit, right? Because yeah. it, unlike you know, Trooper Sazen or whatever, it's like. It is a pretty practical job, right? Like when you first saw that in the trailer and you saw like those uh, two batons sticking out of her shoulder, like, yeah. wow, are those going to be some kind of vibro blades? What? Oh, oh, they're, they're landing batons. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, here's where to take off. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that they are, that the Imperial flight crew is, it's not super cool. It's not a, you know, a trooper. Yeah. It's not a flame trooper. It's it, here. Here's where it stay inside the lines, planes, you know, it's. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and yet it looks that armor, mm-hmm. those uh, batons look so damn cool. And Jin looks so damn cool in them. Yeah. I just kind of love the, the, uh, the comparison between those things, the contrast. Yeah, totally. Love it. No, absolutely. It, 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 it strikes an image. Definitely. Yeah. And there is an action figure. There is. Okay. I kind of. For Jin. Yeah. For Jin, but not for Cassian. We need Cassian in undercover. Oh, man. Absolutely. We need the whole cinema scenes here. Uh, maybe and that includes the other uh, Imperial uh, droid that uh, K2's uh, <laughs> sticking his, uh, <laughs> his, uh, his uh, into his uh, socket there, getting the information out. Uh, you all know what I'm talking about. Uh, all right, that's my number two, which means we're going to take a quick break here at Star Wars Ranked, and when we come back, we'll have some runner-ups and get to our number one choice for our most favorite undercover moments in Star Wars. Stick around. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 <laughs> Welcome 
to Star Wars Rank. Joseph Scrimshaw and myself, Ken Napsack, are ranking our favorite undercover moments in Star Wars. These are the characters that need to uh, save the galaxy, test their future allies, or just, uh, you know, want a snack in a different outfit. This is what we're discussing <laughs> here today. We did put uh, Luke and Han and Chewie into the Hall of Fame. So they are... Uh, not on the uh, list here for number one here, so uh, we're going to get to that in a second here. So we'll see. This is going to be this is going to be a big race to the finish here to see what who actually wins on each of our lists here. <laughs> Let's go to some runner ups. You mentioned you had Jin uh, as the Imperial Flight Crew on your runner up. Uh, great choice, I would say. But uh, what else is on your list? Yeah, uh, I, my mind went to some of kind of the the weird ones and the different ones for the runner up. So I'm going to put uh, Nick Sant. As a biker scout. Love it. Great choice. <laughs> Wonderful. One of the great mysteries of Return of the Jedi, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. for, if you're an eagle-eyed fan, you just see like, who's that guy who's dressed up as a biker scout when all of the rebels have been captured in the clearing on Endor? Yeah. And of course, then there's the whole backstory. You realize like, oh, there was a whole thing and it was it cut out. And uh, then the back and forth of is that older gentleman, he gets the name Nick Sant. And yeah. is he is he Rex or is he not? And right now he is not. Yeah. Uh, and he is not confirmed there's ambiguity and or not depending on where you look uh but that is not confirmed to be rex these days so that's nick sant as a biker scout and even without the biker scout armor apparently his identity is uh it's up for grabs it's up for grabs <laughs> uh, i love it. it's one of my favorite things and and um i, I saw recently on twitter someone uh, uh and i'm not shaming anyone to be clear like sometimes you see things for the first time after you've seen a movie for years and years and years this him putting on the the bike scout and just kind of being in the background as they're going into the bunker. I just from from the moment I saw it in the theater, I loved it. I was obsessed with it, and this is probably why I, I've been wanting to do this kind of list as well. But I saw some people recently tweeted out like, "Oh my gosh, I've never seen that guy there," which which is love. It also shows maybe the disguise worked. You couldn't you couldn't he was hiding in plain sight as well. So look, I've I've watched uh, a new hope. Uh, I do not know how many times over all these years of my life. It wasn't until we were concentrating on 3PO uh, that I noticed him rubbing down his thigh after his oil bath because there's this other motion of Luke scraping on R2, and that's always where I've looked. And it wasn't until I made the active choice for a reason Mm -hmm. to look at a different part of the screen that I did. Yeah, exactly. So everything's hiding in plain sight, Star Wars fan. It's all undercover. My next up is 3PO rubbing his... No, it's not. Uh, my next runner-up is uh, Kira as the Deputy Assistant Administrator to the Vice Admiral of the Federation of Trade Route Allocation and Monetization. Wow. Uh, I, I do like that joke. Um, I, I like the the way it plays out in that scene. I like the way that Amelia Clark plays it. I like that what her disguise is is uh, just badass cape and a really officious attitude mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, kind of going along with what uh, you were saying about beckett in the crew that there's just this level of confidence that she's been in this game in that kind of pretending to be someone you're not and playing to the weaknesses and the hubris of the people that you're in front of is something that she has is has become really really good at yeah there's so, there's a great power you want to you want to kind of sneak into a party where you're not supposed to be just acting like you're supposed to be there goes a long way <laughs> yeah in, in a little bit of that like uh you of course have heard of the federation of trade route allocation and monetization and you know that the vice admiral is very important right and you know yeah. that it's actually a gift to you that we would 
deign to perhaps do business with you. Like she gets all that across. So there's like, you know, you can get distracted by the cape. Yeah. Uh, you can get into the the joke of, OK, this is kind of poking fun at uh, some of the naming conventions of the of the prequels, maybe not being as exciting. Uh, yeah. If you if you go along with that, I, I, I'm not big on that. I'm happy with the names of the prequels. Yeah. Uh, but then there's just so much that's going on with the character of Kira when she does this. So yeah. I love it. Ah, oh, it's a great moment. Great figure. Great, uh, you know, uh, it's, I, there's a figure of this one yet. Yeah, or maybe they finally did. I, I guess I just have to go. Re, we have to, I'll have to re-listen to our Star Wars ranked figure. <laughs> there is not a three and three quarter of this, unfortunately. There needs to be. So there needs to be that cape. Come on. Uh, that's great. A couple for me. We'll uh, close out the runner ups with uh, your list here. But uh, going actually going to that that scene and that sequence and that whole Kessel thing. There's there's two choices there uh, for me. I really love Beckett as Tool. Uh, <laughs> I think it's great. And just the way you know, make Clark uh, just Tool just kind of toss it out there. Plays it uh, plays it well. And then uh, when it all gets going, I should say also, so Beckett is Tool. And what's fun is it's, it, you know, oh, hey, it's Lando's Disguise as uh, Temtiel Screege, I believe is the, the name I wrote down. Wow. Um, did yeah. you just write it down or did you find that somewhere? Oh, I, I answered the question. Give me a championship title. No, no, I looked it up. Uh, I That's not a name I grew up with at all. It's just Lando in Disguise. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah. Where, where, where did you, where did that name come from? Uh, I just looked it up on, uh, on the old, uh, the old Wikipedia. All right. Well, yeah. I, I'm gonna dig into where that where it originates from yeah. in Star Wars lore. Yeah, I'll uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll dig that up here uh, as we're talking. But I just I, I it's it's one of those things for me that's just really it's it's fun, man. I just uh, I I don't I you know we can have the the nostalgia questions or the nostalgia pops and all those kind of things. I I, I saw it. It wasn't even just like a laugh, like uh huh. I was like, okay, that's awesome. It, that means it was there. That means it was in storage. That means it's, you know, Lando was like, hey, we got that thing. Uh, let's let's do it. Uh, let, let's kind of make something of this there. So, uh, I, yeah, I love it. I think it's uh, it's fun. And yeah, Beckett again, talk about Beckett just kind of knows this is uh, this is what uh, this is what he knows. It's part of the job. Yeah, no, the, both of those disguises are great. It, just the, the aesthetically that outfit that mm -hmm. you know. Uh, of tool and what a tamreet screege tamteel screege s-k-r-e-e-j and uh, you know again i definitely think it's more on the the legend side of life yeah um but i think it's just kind of fun and and that doesn't mean uh, we won't have a full answer on who that character was in canon later on down the line maybe in the upcoming lando series yeah uh, but yeah anyways, yeah a lot of fun for me uh, that shot in Return of the Jedi of Lando pulling down the thing mm -hmm. so everyone can see his handsome face. That's such a great shot. It that that's got to be in the uh, the pantheon of great shots of being undercover. Of like, <laughs> it, yeah, it made young Kenny watch. It made me feel very safe and secure that friends were around. I love that shot. <laughs> I really do love it because uh, up until that moment, I wasn't sure at seven. I didn't know who that was. <laughs> <laughs> surprise surprise it is Lando in disguise uh in that same sequence going on a little forward um you know Han and Chewie are are uh, you know uh prisoners so there you go Chewie's got his uh, tradition of uh shackles disguise uh there but um I love when uh Han uh dons the Kessel Guard outfit I just love everything about it I love that Chewie rips the arms off the the outfit the costume that would have fit Han um <laughs> I love the 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 image, uh, the the shapes. I mean, it's such a big, bulky outfit. Him trying to communicate uh, at a language he can't speak. I just there's everything about it, and it's and it's on. And then to compare that to him 
a little bit later on there, years later in New Hope and just how he's uh, is kind of it's kind of still the same. Uh, I'm fine. How are you? Well, let me blast boring conversation. Anyway, it's kind of still the same. He's a little more calm and collected, but he's still seat of his pants and he's still just figured it out. And he's still just trying to get through it all uh, with the, his Han self intact. So I love uh, Han as a Kessel card. That is such a great thing to point out that, you know, we've been talking about Kira and Beckett being coming kind of like masters of this uh, yeah. or Sabine having to kind of revisit a person who she was. And I love this idea that Han, no matter how many years he's been in the games, like, eh, I don't like sneaking around. <laughs> Can't suppress my real personality. Yeah. Yeah. He'll try. Then after a while, he's like, yeah, mask off. What are you going to do? Eh. <laughs> Shoot my way out. Uh, so I love that one there. Uh, and then final one for me, we'll kick it back to you here. It's it's pretty big. You and I discovered on Clone Wars Report. And, you know, it's keeping it with some uh, Star Wars theories out there. But is Jar Jar the Jedi in the Clone Wars episode, Bomb Bad Jedi? I mean, he's, he's undercover as a Jedi. It's Jar Jar. What more do you want? I love it. It is, uh, it is an episode that has changed in my estimation so much. I absolutely love that one. I absolutely love that Jar Jar is bumbling, but he's also being brave. And it's just like the idea of a Jedi is incredibly concerning to anybody. So he can kind of use that as a manipulation. Mm -hmm. uh, this was one that eluded me. I was so happy. It was so happy when I saw this on your runner ups list, because when I closed my eyes and listened to the will of my Star Wars memory, I was like, I know there's something somewhere elusive that I can't quite grab. And it was this. <laughs> Love this. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it, it, at one hand, it's silly, but you, you and I, in reviewing a lot of those early Jar Jar episodes, there's a lot there. There's a lot there to Jar Jar. It's it's not forced. We love it. It's there if you look for it. And, and this is a fun episode that really uh, puts Jar Jar in the spotlight. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Any final ones for you there? Yeah, I got two two more. I, I added one as we were talking. Uh, but so my second to last is a BB 8 as a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we talked a little bit about this whole sequence in The Last Jedi, and that's great. And I just I just love that BB-8 thinks this is a good disguise as an upside down <laughs> trash yeah. can rolling around. Yeah. And the discussion that it, that has to be a trash can only for solids because there are holes in it, uh, as uh, one of our listeners pointed out, of like, you can't put fluids in that trash can. Fascinating. Uh, and then my my final one, because we debated this when we talked about the action figures as well, is Han wearing an ATST driver helmet or perhaps taking the time to put an entire suit on as the action figure would have us believe. But that's a pretty great one when Han has a great idea and it's pretending to be an ATST driver in order to get into the bunker. I, I love that one. That's one of my favorite little moments uh, in Return of the Jedi indeed, but also like, um, it might be the best undercover, uh, the, the job that Han ever pulled off. Right. Cause he stuck, he stuck the landing. He did it. He did. It worked perfectly. And I really, I really like he's just wearing the helmet. And I would like an action figure where you're still dressed as absolute, uh, you know, Han on, on Endor toward the end uh, without the jacket. But he's got the helmet on. <laughs> I love that there. Great runner ups there, sir. Uh, let's get to our number one choice for our favorite undercover moments in Star Wars. We'll go with my number one. So Joseph can close the show with his number one. And we are going to the Phantom Menace. I, I kind of wonder is this a cheat? Is this a bending of the rules? But then when you think about it, no, it is the ultimate one for me. And it is Queen Amidala as the handmaiden, Padme. 
oh, wow, this one is historic. This one uh, had us questioning when the figures were out a couple months before the film. Like, wait a minute, I, 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 is Natalie Portman playing two roles? What's going on? Their names are different. One says Amidala, one says Padme. How could it be the same person? We just didn't know. And it turns out most of the characters in the film didn't. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan maybe knew, maybe didn't. Maybe Qui-Gon figured it out at some point, you know, depending on what book you read there. Uh, anyways, it's very important. Uh, it's very uh, telling for what the, the Queen of Naboo needs to do with a little bit of safety, the handmaidens, and diving into that with E.K. Johnson books uh, in such a wonderful way. But I just love, too, that it's 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 Padme herself wanting to kind of be on the ground level to hear, to, to clean R2, to, to get this, the scope of, uh, you know, what's going on and what do I need to know? What do I need to do? Uh, I, I think it's admirable. Uh, and I love when she finally... On, on, uh, you know, takes the cover off, so to speak, by bowing before Boss Nass. And just uh, that's what she needs to do in that moment uh, and reveal her true identity and, and uh, how it impresses Boss Nass in a way. You know, good head shake from him. Uh, I just love it. I love it. It's a long play. It's something that's, uh, you know, the handmaidens and, and it still kind of goes on. We see picks up and attack the clones for safety reasons and everything. But this one just is always... Um, it's been, uh, I just think it's downright special. It's, it's a little uh, insight into Padme, who she is. Uh, and that fun joke that some people can ask, well, why? why so the, they sent the queen to clean the droid? It's a, yeah, it's probably what Padme wanted. Wanted to feel. And, and she can move around freely as uh, the queen amongst her people. Yeah, I think that's a great number one. Uh, I, I was waiting to see if it was going to be on your list because, like, we got we got to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm, I think it's a perfect number one. It is such just a great big picture idea of the just the concept of the handmaidens. It's really cool. It's really inspiring. It's really interesting. And then uh, the E.K. Johnson books are, are making so uh, much great storytelling out of the reality of what that is and why and how the program works and who all the handmaidens are. But then to your point of like really diving into what's on screen in Phantom Menace, it, it is just such a great display of who Padme is as a character. Mm -hmm. uh, and that the queen is this sort of a regal station with, a, you know, kind of a, a blank you know, a blank uh, face, uh, yeah. you know, emotion, uh, holding emotions back and mm -hmm. only really expressing herself with a lot of emotion when she has to. And then she just gets to be, she is still absolutely the queen, but gets to kind of just be a person. Right. And yeah, yeah everything you're saying, she gets to see R2 up close. Really? <laughs> yeah. She gets to connect with Jar Jar. She gets to connect with Anakin and like the, the, uh, the power that she insists on, seeing Tatooine because she wants to know what it's like for herself, you know, and what people are really going through and what situation are we really in that tells you so much about who Padme is. And then it just generates a bunch of great moments. Like, you know, that her, her sniping at Qui-Gon of a, you Jedi assume too much, you know, <laughs> yeah, is so great. Once, you know, know the full story. And, and like you said, leads to that great payoff of the step forward. I am queen Amidala. Uh, I love it. You mentioned the Jar Jar thing too. Yeah, that's that's not a connection she forms as Amidala. She just couldn't. She could, Jar Jar would act different around her. He 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 would uh, uh, not be himself, and and instead uh, she gets to meet Jar Jar as he is, and that 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 I think leads to her big decisions later on with with the Gungans and everything. And 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 I uh, love it. Yeah, so it means a lot to me. And and I too, again, I'm not joking. Like I sat there at a Toys R Us in Porter Ranch in February, going, I have both these figures. What is going on here? I don't know. <laughs> right? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, and it is it. She is undercover as herself, which is really cool. Aren't we all? We all. <laughs> <laughs> so that is my number one choice. Go to the Fed of Menace, Queen Avi Dallas, Handmade Padme. But uh, our list is not done, sir. Bring us home with your number one favorite undercover moment in Star Wars. Yeah, this is not uh, necessarily as uh, deep or as complex as some of the ones we've been talking about, but it is just my honest, immediate favorite. When I saw this topic, it's like, that that's in my heart, my number one. Yeah. It is Leia Organa as Bush Bush Bush, however <laughs> you choose to pronounce it. Uh, this was just mind-blowing to me as a child. Mm. Uh, the design of that obese bounty hunter, right? Um is just so cool at that point it's kind of a, a different sort of a helmet design uh the the uh voice is oh, yeah. like it, it's so very star wars but it's it's different uh and then just the fact that leia gets to be that kind of badass you know we've always seen her is a strong character uh, using the blaster right away in A New Hope. She's the one who knows what's actually going on, as mm-hmm. uh, Lucas points out. Uh, all all sorts of great moments from this very strong character. But there's the, you know, especially as a kid back in 83, mm-hmm. the bounty hunters are coded as this kind of different kind of cool badass. Yeah. And that Leia, that that's open to Leia too, was really powerful and really great for me uh, to to see and absorb as a kid, and uh, it's just such a great scene. You know, every the 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 bargaining is like great acting on Leia's part to be you know fearless and inventive scum uh, is so great. And then you get that great contrast of the reveal of uh, Han feeling that weird freakish helmet and going, you know, yeah. who is this? And someone who loves you. What a great contrast from everything we've built up to what a bounty hunter is is fearless and inventive scum who capture people for money and the contrast is it's it's this strong powerful badass uh who is somebody who is full of love and is doing everything she she mm. does because of of love you know yeah and empathy and kindness and and getting that immediate contrast is just a really cool reveal yeah see you know you, you said it wasn't as deep and it, <laughs> nuts to that that's a, a deep interpretation of it there and and, and it's so memorable and so memorable for i think uh, our generation for all generations we always love to make sure we say that there but uh seven eight and just being confused and, and not knowing and, and i remember i was i was this i'm not joking when i said i was really when, when lando pulls down that mask it's like okay we got friends here I, I felt so bad for Chewie. I didn't understand what was happening. How did Chewie get caught? And <laughs> who is this uh, this monster with a thermal detonator? Why would they do that? I, I, I at seven years old, it, it the whole sequence upset me. And so the reveal and, and someone who loves you, it was like a big sigh of relief for me. Big sigh. Yeah, of relief. yeah. In in that action figure was uh, everything. That my favorite was Luke Skywalker Jedi Knight. But right after that, you know, uh, for Return of the Jedi figures. The idea that we have the technology now, we can do this, you can take the helmet off and it's Leia underneath was just like the coolest thing. I still remember uh, that trip to Sears uh, where like, I can't believe uh, they had both Leia and Lando and, you know, we'd seen the commercials, we'd seen the, you know, the paper ads for him uh, and my brother was able to get Lando and I was able to get Leia in disguise and it was like just the coolest thing ever. 
Uh, I'm looking at the figure right now, the, the Kenner one uh, online. And they did some uh, later ones, Power of the Force, Shadow of the Empire, and you can still get vintage ones. It, it's just, it is, it is, it is just an amazing Star Wars design that the, the, the outfit in itself. But that Kenner figure, you're right at the time. I mean, it was, it was eons away and better than the first line of Kenner figures. And we're only a few it, years later. It was something else. Yeah, it, it was beyond uh, my wildest dreams. And then here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Uh, and we always joke, we've joked almost since I think the first time the name ever came up on Force Center of uh, Boosh Bausch Boosh, uh, keeping the Star Wars tradition of how, uh, yeah, the name's pronunciation, uh, you know, pronounce them different <laughs> and it, depending on your sources. I grew up saying Bausch. Did you grow up, were you the Boosh or you, 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 the, what did you go with as a kid? I, I said Bush uh, yeah. because it just seemed straightforward enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, yeah. It's it, it, it's just you see it and you and you think it's Star Wars, so that's why I always went bouch. That, that tracks. I think that you probably made a more elegant decision as a child. <laughs> and, and I'll be honest with you, I don't ever want to know the answer. <laughs> I know there are opinions. I know there are opinions. So uh, so someday maybe yeah. maybe someday uh, George Lucas will hold a press conference and reveal all the truths of Star Wars, and all he'll say is how this one is pronounced it'll be based on something phil Tippett did in the studio when he was designing a mask or something you know uh, i i had uh, i had a bush beer so i named it but a great choice for number one it is historic it is iconic it is truly a wonderful moment of a character going undercover in star wars so uh that is the end of our list wonderful list thank you so much joseph for bringing them in uh bringing the, in the uh, the choices and uh closing your eyes and really feeling what you believed it is my truth it is leia's bush bash bush great choice so that's star wars ranked for today you can find force center on twitter at force center pod we are on instagram and youtube as well facebook page is force center podcast you can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash force center you can also uh, get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center podcast available on a lot of different spots, including Amazon Music and Spotify, as well as all the other spots, including the legendary Apple podcast, Google podcast. Just search. And if we're not on a, a platform of your choice, let us know. And we'll try to get on it. You can follow me at Catnapsock or go to my website, catnapsock.com for upcoming comedy dates and other things coming your way. I'm launching a new music show soon on a uh, different uh, format called Mixcloud. It is uh, Ken Napsock's Pop Rock and Radio. Going back to my radio days and spinning some tunes, making you a mixtape, so to speak. So look for that soon. Joseph, what else do you got? Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. Still having a ton of fun uh, sharing some of my action figures and uh, keeping them in the package. Some I'll take out of the package. But if you want to check that out, you can find me on all those social media for all my other comedy adventures, uh, my other podcast, uh, future shows. Eventually, you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com. Do it, my friends. Do it. All right. So for all the characters putting on masks and getting things done, that is our episode this week. Star Wars has been ranked. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.